members of the Fed leadership have signaled things that make me worry a little. Austin Goolsby being the best example with his you know speech on we can hit the golden path of a soft landing. I think that's I, I don't think that should be the goal. I think the goal needs to be to return to price stability and to let their foot off the brake prematurely is much more dangerous than tightening a little too long and pushing the economy into a brief recession. On this episode of Early Bird, Mark Higgins, Senior Vice President for Index Fund Advisors. Mark joins the podcast today to talk about predictions for the Federal Reserve monetary policy in 2024 and what could happen if the Fed cuts rates. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Mark, welcome to the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the Federal Reserve and what that means in 2024. Uh, But before we get started with that, Mark... um, what should the audience know about you in about 30 seconds or less? All right, I'll try to keep it brief. The, the main thing is that informs a lot of my opinions is I just completed a book on the complete financial history of the United States from 1790 to 2023. And that provides a lot of good perspective. It was about a four-year project, really provides a lot of good perspective on what's happening now and what are some historical precedents that you know, can help people understand the present and and particularly potentially narrow down some scenarios for the future. I'm also an institutional and investment advisor with a firm called Index Fund Advisors. Uh, We serve both individuals and institutions. I work with institutions on on setting investment strategy. So that's that's the quick overview. Nice. So a great background, obviously, with your experience talking about the Federal Reserve and what we could expect in 2024. Um, Let's get into it. Uh, uh, Mark, um, you know, what, what, what are your expectations for Federal Reserve monetary policy this year? So we're actually at a pretty critical moment right now, where initially when, when the post-COVID inflation hit, it, it was a lot like the post-World War I great influenza inflation, which also lasted about two years. And the Fed had to raise rates aggressively. It caused a recession, uh, and then, you know, that eventually led to the Roaring Twenties. I don't think the Roaring Twenties is going to repeat, but that's kind of the history. And the Fed, the Fed missed that, and, and they started raising rates pretty late. And now we're to the point where inflation's been running. We're coming up on three years pretty soon, and it's a danger zone. So what what is concerning is this is starting to look a little similar to where we are right now to the late 
1960s and 1970s mm. when the Fed went through a series of interest rate increase or monetary tightening, but they bailed out too soon and it allowed inflation to incrementally creep higher and, and higher inflation expectations to become mm. entrenched in, in the American psyche. So we're in a dangerous point right now where it, it, the Fed, you're starting to see some signals that maybe they're going to they're going to drop rates. I think the the dot plots at an average of three twenty five basis point uh, cuts by the end of twenty twenty four. The market's anticipating more, but it, it, what worries me is that this is going. If they do, if they're too aggressive, or, I'm sorry, too dovish in terms of cutting rates, inflation can pop up again, and and you start going through that could trigger that. That kind of cycle that led to the 1970s. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. The Fed's learned their lesson from the 1970s, mm-hmm. but I think the market is getting ahead of itself in terms of thinking that the Fed is going to be more dovish than they are. They cannot afford to bail out too early and allow inflation to pop up again. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned a bit about inflation in the 60s and 70s and how monetary policy right now might mirror what happened back then. Um, is the situation the same though, from an economic standpoint? No, I, I, I don't. I actually don't think it's going to mirror that. That's the danger, mm-hmm. and I think the market is. That's why I think the market is a little overly optimistic about the Fed cutting rates. The Fed did learn that lesson from the seventies. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of material that the Fed circulates. You hear it in their language, in the minutes, and their public statements. They learned a lot from the seventies. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think. Now, I think a couple uh, members of the Fed leadership have signaled things that make me worry a little. Austin Goolsbee being the best example with his you know speech on we can hit the golden path of a soft landing. I think that's I, I don't think that should be the goal. I think the goal needs to be to return to price stability and to let their foot off the brake prematurely is much more dangerous than tightening a little too long and pushing the economy into a brief recession. Great. That's my, that's my opinion. And that, that, that's taking the history. I, I think the history that's most relevant right now is not making the same mistakes that the Fed made in the late 1960s. Absolutely. You don't want to repeat those same mistakes again. The Fed, as yeah. you know, has, has listed their target for inflation, I believe, to be under 2%. Um, is that where you are predicting they might start cutting rates? Or, or are you suggesting that they might cut rates before they hit that target rate of 2%. I hope they don't because that's that's to me the danger zone of when you have these periods of price instability that last a long time, it's very common it's kind of the norm that you go too far in the other direction before you equalize out. So I think the danger is they get down to I don't know, I'm just throwing a number out there, 2.5%. Everyone thinks inflation is gone, the economy is doing really well. And they start loosening and it pops up again. And if that happens, they've lost a little credibility and it becomes harder the next time around. And and that is the cycle, the vicious cycle that the Fed got into in the late 60s and, and, and 1970s. Oh, yeah. It, it's just going to one thing will certainly lead to another. Um, I'm sure you saw the recent data out about where inflation stood in December 
you know, we're here in January 2024. Inflation seems to be ticking down. So it seems like from a perspective of me, again, I'm not an expert in the Fed. Obviously, you have way more knowledge about the Fed and its operations. But it seems from my perspective that we are hitting a soft landing, at least, or at least we're, we're approaching one and inflation is lower. Are you seeing something different? The monthly, you know, Waller gave a, a speech recently and, and he said this too. I mean, the monthly numbers are noise. And, you know, yes, are they making progress? Yes. But that, if they soften up, you don't see it in the numbers right now, but if they become more dovish, it, it can turn in the other direction pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think I wrote, I don't know, maybe a week ago differentiating the waves from the underlying current and the monthly numbers are like waves. I mean, yeah, you can predict them somewhat, but but they're pretty choppy. The underlying current here is inflation has been going, has been ongoing. Yes, it's decreased substantially, but elevated levels of inflation have persisted now for almost three years. And if it's not contained decisively, it can pop back up and be harder to, to tame the second time around. And that, that really is the lesson from the sixties and seventies. And if I had, and, and this is the reason why I, I do feel like there are enough people at the federal reserve that are committed to not repeating that error. I don't think the market appreciates that uh, sufficiently. And I think that my personal opinion is that's why the market is anticipating. I, I don't know what the latest numbers is, but, but you know, call it five or six, 25 basis point uh, cuts next uh, or this year. I, I you know, I, I don't think that that is accurate. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on, on the number of the rate cuts. I mean, I, th- I think, what is it? Normally, there are, what, eight announcements per year, right, from the Fed, two per quarter. And I, yeah. I, I can't imagine five or six this year happening. I mean, I think the next one will be in just a few weeks from now, and I just can't see any anything recent. No, yeah, it, it, yeah and that's... It, it, the monthly numbers matter less than the the risk. The, the, you know, the monthly numbers are improving. That doesn't change the fact that the risk is they they exit this tightening cycle too quickly. That that risk hasn't changed. In fact, I think it's gotten worse um, because the economic numbers are coming in so strong. Oh wow! Uh, because of those, the, the 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 so you're saying because of the monthly numbers, the Fed might take yeah, their foot so off the gas earlier than they the, should. The economy is running very strong, so if you cut rates, that that's going to put on inflationary pressure um, pretty quickly, would be my guess. Good point. When we return, we'll hear from Mark about what investors may want to know about the potential market impact of Fed rate cuts. But first, let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, Mark, today we're talking about the Federal Reserve in 2024, what it might mean for the markets. Um, In our most recent episode, we had a guest come on. They made a prediction that the Fed will cut rates too soon 
and uh, certain sectors in the market will suffer as a result because inflation might return. And it, it might be the 2022 playbook all over again in terms of how the market approaches it. Um, what's your prediction in terms of, of the Fed in that situation? If, if the Fed cuts rates too soon, could we see a return to inflation? Yeah, uh, and that's that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, when we're talking about what happened in the '60s and '70s, that's exactly what happened. They, I have a good graphic. We, we I know there's not video, um, but you, you can really see it. You can. I have this graphic where it shows the federal funds rate on one line, and the other line is trailing 12 month inflation, and you could see it. The Fed. Kind of raises rates as inflation goes up, cuts it before it goes down enough, and then inflation goes up to a new level. And um, you, you don't see that in the monthly numbers, but that's that's the phenomenon that that worries me. Oh wow, that 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 is certainly a, a grim future that could happen if if we repeat those same. Well, I mean, it's not a grim future. I you know I I I think again I think the. It, it, well, yeah, if they do that, yeah, I mean, it, that's the kind of thing that can spark a great inflation type event. I, again, I don't think the Fed is going to do that. I think you already see some backtracking. And I think enough people on the Fed remember or at least have read about the experience of the 60s and 70s. You also don't have the political pressure that you had back then. Mm. The I mean, there was very intense political pressure both from LBJ and Nixon, and also from Congress for that matter, that doesn't get talked about enough, to prioritize um, low unemployment over, over inflation. And I don't, I don't see nearly the amount of political pressure today. So I, I do think the Fed's going to get there. I do think the Fed's going to do the right thing. Yeah, it, it seems like this time around, there's also pressure to lower inflation, at least politically speaking. So yeah, not- and that, that wasn't present. So you, the Great Inflation was a horrible period, but one of the problems was the at, at the front end of that, you you had people that their life experience was the Great Depression and World War II, which I mean, is a whole other matter, but that was really caused by the Great Depression. And so you had this visceral fear of unemployment. I mean, imagine living through the 1930s where you had roughly an average of 20% unemployment for, for a decade. I mean, imagine what that, the peak of the global financial crisis was around 10. So, you know, imagine what that was like. And so there's this visceral fear of unemployment. People didn't care about inflation because you didn't have it for a long time. You actually had deflation during the Great Depression. So um, that's one of the reasons why the Great Inflation was allowed to set in is because people didn't know the risks of inflation and they were so petrified of unemployment. Got it. So we're, we're talking about what the Fed could do in 2024 in terms of interest rate decisions, if they could hike rates perhaps or cut and when they cut, how often they cut. Um, how do you think the markets will interpret these decisions from the Fed in 2024? I mean, you know, I, I can't, I don't have a pulse on the market. I don't think anybody really does, but the mismatch that I see, I mean, it's in the data. so. You can say this is the market is anticipating more cuts than than the Fed is, and uh, I, I would I would bet on the Fed. In fact, I think they're being too aggressive, but um, or being too optimistic in terms of the number of cuts. But 
I definitely think the market's being too optimistic. Yeah, I think a, a recent poll, I think from Reuters, found that uh, most inve- most expect the Fed to cut the rates in the second quarter of 2024. Um, and if they do that, given the state of inflation, what 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 would that mean? Would would inflation return if 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 we do have the second quarter cut at at this current rate? Yeah, I mean that's that's getting down into too much specificity. I mean they are they my my guess based on the, the data now would be that's premature, um, but it, it really depends on the data. It, it's hard, you know. There's a great quote from Paul Volcker, which is there's a uh, max, there's a valuable max, something like this. I'm not going to exactly correct. There's a prudent maxim of the economic forecasters trade that is too often ignored. Pick a number or pick a date, but never both. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it, there's just not enough information to say when the first cut is going to come. It's just, there's just not enough information now. So oh, I'm curious, what could this mean for the broader market? Um, you know, our, our audience, our listeners, they're investors. You know, we're not going to talk about specific stocks right now, but in general, what should they be paying attention to um, in the coming months as these decisions come out from the Fed? Because, you know, most people are not, you know, you're really an expert uh, on, on Fed policy and economics. Most people don't have that experience. What, what advice, what, what should, what do you think uh, people should look at? Um, in the next I mean, my, my advice may be a little different than, than some of your guests. And, you know, we talked about this a little before the podcast is you're right. I mean, first of all, I, I can't predict the direction of the market over a short period of time. So, you know, I, I study this a lot. Um, most investors are better off thinking about what are their long term objectives for whatever portfolio they're managing um, set an allocation that makes sense for those objectives and it's important sometimes I feel like it's more important to understand what's going on in the market and you know historically what are some comparables just to calm you down that the more you read about history the more you study markets the more you realize that, that that nothing is unique but in the short term it's very hard to predict so if you have a long-term allocation, you you don't get spooked by what's happening in the market because I, I can almost guarantee there, there's really just nothing new that happens. If you if you go back far enough, there's nothing new, and you know rebalance to that target. That that is the best recipe for success. Now, can you invest? You know, bet on certain sectors, bet on certain stocks, and win. Sure, I mean you know you can win a blackjack table too, mm-hmm. um, but that that is that is a rare gift that most investors uh, just don't have um, you know in terms of accomplishing that by skill you can get lucky but as uh, there's a great quote from I think it was the 1800s um, I think it was written in 1902 from uh, it was called letters from a self-made man to um, a self-made merchant to his son and it was when a when a speculator wins, he doesn't stop till he loses. So you know, it's something to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah, some some good advice for our for our listeners. Uh, so I guess with the uncertainties in the market um, for this year, it's it's another reason. And then you know, you, I know you favor index funds over stocks, but all those uncertainties in the market, especially with the Fed, it's another reason, perhaps as you see it, 
to favor index funds over individual stocks, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's why. And, and it's actually, it's a concept that's been around for a while on, on why index funds, um, you know, tend to, over a long period of time, are expected to outperform actively managed funds that are, you know, that are comparable. Um, and it really comes down to, there's a, there's a, I think it was in 1907. I know it was in 1907. There was a study where there was a fair in the UK and the, there was a contest to guess the weight of an ox. And I, yeah, I think it was like, I'm guessing, I don't know what it was, maybe call a thousand uh, entrants. And the average guess was actually really close to the weight of the ox, but any individual guess, I think it was like 90%. The average guess was better than something like 90% of the guesses. Mm. And that's, it's called the wisdom of, of the crowd. And essentially what happens is when you have an uncertain value and nobody has an information advantage, you know, i.e. insider trading, the guesses above the actual amount tend to cancel out the guesses above, uh, below the, the actual amount. And it's actually really hard to beat the average. And you can see this in a jelly bean guessing contest. Have you ever done that? I, oh, yes. I did one at the school and it was, I think we had like called a hundred guesses. I don't think that was the exact, exact amount, but it was around that. And only 3% of the guesses were better than the average. And that's really why it's so hard, hard to outperform the stock market because there it's an, unless you have insider information or you're manipulating the market, both of which are illegal, everybody has basically the same information. Now, can you be just a wizard and find something out that the market doesn't know? Yes. But there are a lot of knowledgeable people guessing on the price and it makes it very efficient. And that's why it's so hard to beat. Exactly. Good advice. The wisdom of the crowd. Mark, uh, thank you so much for coming on the Early Bird Podcast today to talk about the Federal Reserve, what it could mean in 2024 in the markets. Before we wrap up the podcast, I just have one final question for you, Mark, and it's the most important question for today's discussion. That question for you, Mark, is if you had a magic button on your desk to bring you whatever you wanted, what would it summon? A magic button to summon whatever I wanted? Gosh, I, I really don't know. Um, I'm pretty happy. Thank you again to Mark Higgins for sharing your insights on the Fed. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day.